Frank Ling. And I'm Charles Lee. And you're listening to the Grok Science Show. That's right. It's a weekly look at the world of science, technology, and their effects on our daily lives. Coming up on today's program, Elizabeth Baker will join us to discuss global change. So stay tuned for all of this. Plus the Grokatron 5000. And our world-famous question of the week. Coming right up. Here. On the Grok's Science Show. Science Show. Well, global change is a pressing concern for the nations of the world, yet the impetus to take major steps to avert it has been largely dragging. The difficulty, of course, may lie in the sometimes imperceptible nature of the changes occurring to the global environment. Well, joining us today to discuss this issue is Ms. Elizabeth Baker. Ms. Baker is the noted filmmaker whose latest documentary, For They Know Not What They Do, examines the impact of global climate change on a small community in Alaska. And uh, Ms. Baker, we want to thank you very much for joining us today. I'm so thrilled to be a guest. Thank you. Certainly our pleasure. Uh, this is really a great and fascinating film that, in which you go up to a, a small small uh, area in Alaska. What interested you in uh, this particular story and why did you decide to make the film? I got interested in making the film uh, back in May and I, actually I was called because I had a pretty good uh, track record on documentary films. They've, I've made two and they've both won awards and, um, and so I was called about this one and they said we'd like to hire you to make a film and I said, what's the subject? And they said, climate change. And I said, gulp. <laughs> That's a big subject. But I must say that I have been in love with this work and with this film and with all the things I'm learning because it's made a flip-flop of what I'm trying. You know, I thought it was going to be uh, I mean, Al Gore made a great film about climate change and charts and all of that stuff that I guess is easy to get done if you were the former vice president of the United States. But this film has taken a major turn for me, and I'm so interested in being able to explain that to you and to the listeners because it has surprised me. I it, 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 I haven't found out what I thought I was going to find out, and I'm the kind of documentary filmmaker. I don't write a script. I just tune into spirit, if you don't mind a little woo-woo talk, and um, and follow the path and listen to the story because I believe that if you do that, the story begins to tell itself, and that has is what has happened again with we know not what we do. So what what was the story that emerged and what shocked you about it? The story that emerged is that we have faced this issue, this challenge before. Uh, the story of the golden calf, the story of uh, the Dust Bowl. Um, we've faced the, this problem before and we have never made the uh, shift in our priorities that we need to make if we are going to solve this problem and not repeat it 
again in the future. We have had the priority that wealth uh, is gold and oil and natural gas and coal, and we have we have pursued with lust that wealth and those that rush to riches, but in the end game, true wealth is clean air and uh, clean water to drink and um, healthy food to eat. And we have gone, as, as a species, we have gone down another path and we kill people who get in the way of, of uh, making money and expanding and economic growth and all of that. And what I've seen more and more is that it is exactly that confusion and that uh, really a misunderstanding of what wealth is that we continue to chase and we are ripping up the biosphere of our planet and we are crushing biodiversity on this planet and we don't realize that there are consequences to that and they may not be good ones. You know, we thought we'd get away with it, but we were wrong. And and so I'm making, what I'm attempting to do, Charles, is to make a film that touches people's heart, that really, uh, it, I'm, I'm brewing up a concoction, concoction of creativity that will be entertaining and fun to watch, even if uh, you don't like exactly what you're hearing. So what do you think this says then about us as humans, that we sort of keep repeating the same mistakes as it were, chasing sort of the short-term gain at the expense of our long-term prosperity? You know, I I wish I could answer that. I don't know. I it ha- I've been very surprised. First of all, there's a lot of argument about whether human beings are involved in the climate change. And I'm attempting to avoid, at all costs, getting into that in the film. It doesn't matter why it's happening. The truth is that it is happening. There's too much. And and we went to Kivalina, and we hoped to go to Bangladesh, and we went, you know, to Magdalena, the first town in New Mexico to run out of water. We went to those places because we want to look into the eyes. We want you to be able to look into the eyes through the camera of people that this incredible greed um, is directly uh, affecting. You know, people are starving to death in Africa, and a great deal of it, people are starving to death and moving into slums in in uh Bangladesh, and a great deal of it all around the world is that we here in the United States and certainly in the wonderful uh, countries that are emerging now that we promised China and Japan and whatnot that they could have just as much wealth as we did or we do or that we think we do. And... um, and so they are following in our footsteps, and we have this enormous – it isn't what the earth is doing, because the earth does go through cycles and whatnot. It's that 
our use of fossil fuel has created such a um, CO2 cover around what nature is doing. And that is the real problem, that we can't, we can't, it, the natural way that the, the natural changes that nature makes has no way now to escape uh, into our stratosphere because we have created a dome of CO2 that is holding everything in and warming it up so that everything is melting and the seas are rising and methane is going into the ocean. In Kivalina, and believe me, those people are much, I had some of the most profound interviews I've ever had in my life uh, in Kivalina um, because the people are gallant, they're noble, they're happy, they're beautiful. Um, you know, 380 little, a little village of 380 people right by the Arctic Sea, but I was there to see with my own eyes that the permafrost has melted. Their drinking water is dirty. The caribou has changed their migration pattern. And the ocean that should have been freezing and beginning the great freeze while we were there is not even, there's not a trace of ice on it. And last year, instead of having 12 feet of ice to hunt on for three months, they only had a foot and it was very dangerous and they had one day of hunting. They're in real trouble. And I wanted to see it with my own eyes. I wanted to understand it in a way that stock footage is not going to teach me. So that's why we went up above the Arctic Circle to one of the smallest. No, no roads, no roads, no uh, cars. They don't have one ounce of anything. You know, they have snowmobiles for the winter, um, and 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 they're having ter a terrible time now with all of this that is happening. The seals are sick. They're bleeding. That may be. Uh, uh, there's a lead plant. There's a lead plant up there, and it may be that it's that kind of uh, situation, or it may be that uh, this terrible nuclear disaster that's pouring into the waters in the Pacific is up with them. I don't know which it is. I just know that the, se the seals are sick and have big sores on them. It's just a terrible situation. Uh, well, what is sort of your impression about the citizens of the area? Well, what they're thinking about is moving the village, but you know they're the village that we we picked that village because they were the village that sued uh, one of the big oil companies for pollution and for what what was happening to them, and um, it was determined by uh, one of the high courts that. They did not have proper standing to sue the oil companies and so or the oil that particular oil company and um and so their lawsuit fell through, and they don't have the money to move that village, and they don't have uh and and the government of Alaska is not helping them in any way, so uh they don't know what they're going to do.
And in the face of all of that, they are still a beautiful people. They are still singing songs. We took, I have in, in the film A Minstrel, uh, Jerry Ferris, who is, sings and tells stories and whatnot, we took him with us. We took music into the village and met up with the musicians in the village and the last, and Jerry went into all the classrooms and sang songs. And the last night we put on a small hour, hour and a half concert uh, with some of the villagers uh, for the village. And, uh, they they were moved by us because we went in with a different attitude than other people with cameras. Uh, what we said was, look, we have enough, and you don't have enough. How can we help? And that was such a different, simple shift of attitude that they really cooperated and talked to us in a very honest and beautiful way. Given that climate change problems are really impacting various regions of the earth, why do you think it is the case that much really hasn't been done to kind of address the, the roots of the problem? You know, I, I believe that it's because right now we're in a state of shock about all of this. Uh, I call this a documentary film of redemption, that in order to redeem ourselves, we need to look and see how we actually fit into into the biosphere of the, of our homeland and that we need to take our rightful place and what we have been cruising on for all of this time is manifest destiny and how strong we are and we can take on nature and we can do this and that i just i, I think that we hate to admit how foolish and arrogant we've been and and we really, in, if we're going to get out of this and sidestep extinction, we're going to have to change our priorities. We're going to have to change what we have mistakenly thought of as uh, human uh, will. But I believe that people are really... Uh, you know, that the strongest force on this planet is love and that if we can only get in touch, that's why I'm making this kind of film instead of something that, you know, an expose or um, making anyone wrong or whatnot. I'm trying to touch people's hearts so that they will have the courage to just forgive ourselves as human beings and get down to how do we solve this? You know, the only way I see that we can solve it is to actually understand where we fit into the biosphere of our homeland and how we can live uh, in a new way in in that um, in that biosphere with the other biodiverse, the you know the diversity, the other species that we've been so nonchalant about wiping out. It, it's a big question to get clear on. And when I started this, I and I first thought, wow, we have to change our priorities. We have to change uh, what we've always thought of as human nature. Um, I thought people are just going to laugh at you, Elizabeth Kaylin Baker. They're just going to laugh at you because no one's going to do that. And that's why no one is doing it so far.
now I don't feel so funny about myself anymore. I I keep meeting people who are planting trees, trying to get oxygen back into forests, people who are, uh, you know, uh, clearing water, people who are trying to stop using coal as the, you know, great polluter. Um, I, I, I keep meeting people all over the planet and in interviews and whatnot who are actually saying, yes, you're right, that's exactly what we need to do. And and so I'm I'm really encouraged about it because consciousness can truly change in the twinkling of an eye. It you know, it it, it really can shift that rapidly. And I I'm kind of the hundreds monkey type of believer that if enough people get a certain idea that it will shift. And I think that also we've been encouraged from the Mayan um calendar to believe that this is the year that that shift is taking place. So, you know, we'll either, I have a feeling and, you know, I, I'm laughing about it and I get teased about it that I just smile and say, well, we're either going to shift our priorities or we're going to be extinct. But unfortunately or fortunately, I honestly believe that. All right, well, it looks like we're uh, a little out of time, but before we close, I want to mention, it looks like you have a new book out that's related to the film, uh, Gifts of Gratitude. I'm curious if you can tell us a little bit about that. Well, it's a wonderful book of the miraculous that can happen every day in our lives, and it's a book that reminds people that every day in our lives is miraculous. Um, and and so the, the thing that it, it's not a how-to book at all, it's uh, stories, personal stories, and I'm in them, but it's not about me. Uh, they're stories that just say, look, train your mind to concentrate. I mean, it doesn't say this, but it just shows what happened in my life when I have spent my life training my mind to concentrate on the here and now, drop the baggage, drop the complaints, and no matter what happens, to stay with it and and be grateful that you're having uh, a life and, uh, you know, these different learning experiences. Uh, my whole, you know, I was born a, a, a little girl on a um, ranch in Texas. So I certainly, I, I certainly didn't start out as uh, someone uh, that understood this track, but then I had a very strange, um, I believe, near-death experience when I was about three years old, and I just came back out of the box, and, uh, you know, my life has been about this, of just following the miraculous, everyday things that can happen, that do happen, and being grateful. So, And I've been thinking about this book for about 20 years, and uh, I had another project, and I completely failed at it, and I thought, what would I like to do now? Um, well, I'd like to go off to a cave and hide for a while. And so I sent off two chapters to a publisher of Berman Books, and to my astonishment, they got back in touch with me and said, sit down and write the book. We'll take it. And uh, so they did, and a book was born, and I'm 
thrilled with it. You know, I'm thrilled that I didn't self-publish and I didn't even get a rejection slip. I just love the book and I and I see it inspiring uh, people and, and that's really wonderful. I just want to say to everybody out there that, you know, we can be very grateful that we've been through this tough time and and I don't know many people that haven't been through a tough time over the last two or three years, but I think really good stuff is coming out of it and that if you just hold on to the faith that that's true, that we're going to be a better race, we're going to uh, treat our planet in a better way, no matter what happens to human beings, the planet is going to be here. Um, it's just I'm hopeful that we'll be here too and that we'll be able to uh, – to reach out to one another as a community, as an entire, you know, there's a lot of differences, but there's also, we're all humans, and it would be great to see the planet functioning as a community. So that's basically, you know, what I would say. I hope the film is ready by about this time, well, early, a little earlier than this next year, the book is at Amazon and Barnes and Noble. I just uh, had a big book signing on Saturday at Barnes and Noble. All of it's a big thrill for me. <laughs> I'm sort of used to whistling in the dark, and now suddenly, you know, my son said, "Well, Mom, it looks like you finally caught up with yourself." And uh, I hope that's true. And I want to wish everybody uh, good holidays. And I want to thank you very much for speaking with me today. Well, certainly our pleasure uh, talking with you. And it's, again, the film is called uh, For They Know Not What They Do. And our guest was Ms. Elizabeth Galen Baker. Uh, Ms. Baker, thank you so much for joining us today on the Grok Science Show. Oh, yes. And listen, you can look at, uh, you can look at how the film is developing at www.wenownotwhatwedo.net. That's, uh, that's the website. And Charles, I hope you'll take a look and give me some feedback on it. I love your website. I think that you're doing a great job. <laughs> well, thank you for saying, and uh, I hope a lot of people go take a look at your film here. Uh, Ms. Baker, thank you again so much for your time. Thank you. And that's all for this week's edition of the Grok Science Show. Make sure you tune in next week for more from the world of science and technology. If you'd like to contact us here, you can email us at science at groks.net. For Grok Science, I'm Frank Ling. And I'm Charles Lee. Make sure you also see us on the web at www.grox.net. Have a great afternoon and keep on grokking.